0: The number of animals in the city's shelters has dramatically increased in 2023 and overcrowding at shelters has led to something even worse, a 25% increase in the number of cats and dogs being euthanized. So here to tell us more about what's behind the problem and what's being done to address it is Susanna Wickham, CEO of Paws Chicago. Welcome to Reset, Susanna. Good to meet you in person, finally. It's so
1: exciting to be here. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And also here is Alexis Faseas, co-founder of Paws Chicago. Welcome. Thank you. As well. Thank you.
2: We're so grateful to be able to talk about this important yeah. issue.
0: And I'm so glad that you're here, Alexis. I hear you co-founded Paws In the 90s. Yes, I was in high school doing community service at a
2: traditional shelter, and I was just shocked to find out the proportion of animals that were being killed. It was really startling. Over 60% in the private shelter. At that point, 95% of the city, over over 42,000 animals that year in Chicago alone.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, a survey by the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, or ASPCA, uh, showed that 20 percent of American households got a dog or a cat during the pandemic. A lot of us, we saw that, right? We saw people's posts and all of that. But are we now seeing a post-pandemic surge of people giving up? The animals. Yeah.
2: So we've seen so many issues relating to the pandemic across society, and homeless animals is no different. What we saw is what we call a saturation of homes getting animals in a very constricted period of time. And so that means now, for the years following, people that would have been adopting already have their homes filled because there was such a rush in a constricted period of time a lot of backyard breeders popped up mm-hmm. that were unethically breeding animals there were just weren't everything paused so there just weren't the number of homeless animals available to everyone who wanted them so the market got flooded those animals are now oftentimes being turned into shelters because breeders and pet stores can't sell them mm-hmm. so those animals are ending up in shelters not to mention the stopping of spay neuter and prevention services so that all of a sudden the boom of pet overpopulation is hitting Chicago all at the same time wow. so there's a
1: wide array of of challenges that the pandemic created and we okay. should mention it's not just Chicago it's all over the country that this is happening in every major city because so many of these factors have impacted everyone mm-hmm. so inflation housing instability all of these things happening at once have led to this perfect storm of a pet crisis and flooding shelters, animals being returned, um, an inability to adopt animals. So of course, these backyard breeders bringing them to shelter or, or to the city pound. Mm-hmm. We we see litters in boxes being turned in. Wow! Because there are there are no homes for them.
0: It's really starting to click now, as you say the words "pet crisis," right? I, I know part of the problem too, Susanna is is. During the pandemic, people didn't take their pets to the vet to be neutered. That's right. Yeah,
1: that's right. We we kept our doors open, but just there was a drastic decrease in the availability of spay neuter citywide. And just because we were yeah everything was COVID. closed, yeah. everything was closed, and so there just the numbers of, of pets being spayed and neutered declined dramatically. And then the other part of this perfect storm is the cost of veterinary care surged because suddenly there's more pets and and it's a huge increase in pet ownership all at once. So the price of veterinary care surges and people can no longer afford to to spay and neuter their pets Mm -hmm. or even get them vaccinated or checked.
0: So the price of of veterinary care increases as well as, I mean, you talked about what's happening across the country. There have been headlines across the U.S. about a, a shortage in vets. There just aren't enough.
1: We see that. We have nine full-time vets at our our homeless pet hospital, which is in Little Village. And uh, about half of our veterinary staff is focused at our clinic doing high-volume spay-neuter, and the other half is serving our population of, of, of shelter pets. Mm. Um, but even for us, we've really fought to increase our capacity and to make sure that we have enough vets to provide this service because right now we're really the only ones offering high-volume spay-neuter in the city. Absolutely, and we just see this across the country, but also in Chicago, shelters that have historically
2: adopted out hundreds if not thousands of animals cannot find vets. They're coming to us asking us to provide services, so when we opened our Lurie Spay Neuter Clinic in 2000, the focus was always... Families who cannot afford the surgery. At that time it was three hundred dollars. Now it's in excess of a thousand dollars. But that that market was so important to us because that's where pet homelessness originates. It's in people unwanting not wanting to breed, but an oversupply of animals being flooding communities and therefore shelters. So that was the target of our service. What we've shifted to since this uh, veterinary crisis Mm -hmm. and shortage is really starting to think about how we can support other rescues, especially Chicago Animal Care and Control, because that is ground zero of the pet epidemic. That is where more animals flood into. And that's where we really want to dedicate our services.
0: So pause, Susanna, it's a no-kill shelter. That's right. How common is it then at PAWS to have owners show up and just surrender their pets? I mean, Alexis alluded to the fact that folks are just yeah. turning up.
1: Absolutely, and and we we both are the largest transfer partner from Animal Care and Control, so we're at the city pound every day, seven days a week, pulling animals over twenty two hundred so far this year, and then we also take pets directly from owners, and and so far this year there are over nine hundred that have come into our program that way. Um, so over nine
0: hundred. Yes. Wow.
1: And you know, we are constantly assessing our capacity because and and really thinking about um, the pets that that can only come to pause. We have ninety isolation suites at our facility is an incredible 30,000 square foot hospital built for homeless pets. Mm -hmm. Uh, So
0: still there's only so much space,
1: right? Well, we have to think about how many of them are in critical care, how many of them are contagious and, and really focusing our efforts on what only we can do. So that's one of the reasons we announced this program to pull all of the Parvo positive puppies from Animal Care and Control. Mm -hmm. We just announced that a month ago. We are making a commitment. This is known as the puppy killer. It's a virus. It's devastating to puppies. And there's a new drug that just came out a few months ago, a monoclonal antibody that takes a puppy from being in critical uh, in a critical state for two weeks, down to usually two or three days. We still have to isolate for the full two weeks, so you still need the facility and the vets on staff and and the team, the mm-hmm. vet techs, uh, to be able to care for those puppies. You still need the
0: time and the space. And the infrastructure, yeah. mm-hmm. but we
1: can save them, and then they go on to live long and happy lives.
0: Can you talk more, Alexis, about that, about how, you know, the ways that PAWS volunteers are, are helping the city's animal care?
1: Absolutely.
2: You know, I think tailing on what Susanna was saying about parvovirus, if a dog comes in with symptoms of parvovirus into the city impoundment facility, Chicago Animal Care and Control, Mm -hmm. those animals will have to be euthanized there within hours because they are so afraid of that disease contaminating their entire population. They don't have isolation. They have limited veterinary resources. Truthfully, Chicago is one of the least funded animal care and controls. So they are doing miracle work wow. with the budget. So even they just have. showing symptoms just showing just symptoms. Hours have, you, you know, we have taken all they have. three animals in the last uh two weeks that have had parvovirus. These three would have been dead within hours if we did not have the ability to go to animal care and control and take them out. And animal care and control is so relieved. They don't want to do that, but they're trying to save the population of hundreds of other animals in their care. They don't have the infrastructure or the facility to treat, care for, and isolate these animals. So this is truly such a life-saving program. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, well, let's talk about the other reason you're here, uh, Alexis. Yesterday, PAWS kicked off a couple weeks of no-fee adoptions, right, yes. of select animals. Talk about that.
2: Yes. Well, what we're seeing is just a need to get more families in to adopt homeless
1: animals. And That's exactly right. Yeah. So so we have, you know, we have these wonderful animals that we may treat sometimes for weeks or months for you know, they have a broken limb, they have a mass removal, we're monitor, monitoring their care, and often we put them in foster homes while they're recovering, because they recover better in a home. They're calmer, yeah. they're happier, um, and then those animals are waiting for someone to adopt them, but but they're no longer, you know, the new puppy or the new kitten that arrived. So we have to do something to get them a little bit of extra attention. Uh, they, at this point, may be more comfortable in the foster home and we don't want to yank them out and put them in the adoption center mm-hmm. where they may not be as comfortable or do as well. So what we do is we, we do a fee waived adoption event. It started yesterday, it goes through January 6th. And the idea is let's shine a light on these animals so they get that extra attention. Uh, they're, they're not oh. the shiny new toy, but they're just as wonderful. And we have 49 pets in that promotion that we're encouraging people to come out, inquire about them, yeah. meet them, we'll set up a meeting. And um, that's the part I
0: want to be clear for our listeners because it's select animals, yes. right? And, and so you decided on which animals you would waive the adoption fee based on what?
1: just the ones that need a little extra attention yeah. and through no fault of their own. Again, they because we have this medical facility, sometimes they do require a few weeks of treatment. And within that time, they've adapted to being in a foster home. Yeah. And so what we wanna do is make sure people still want to make sense. Mm-hmm.
0: So what kind of background checks are you doing on uh, v- to vet these possible foster and, and adopting families?
1: Well, what we do is we ask people to fill out a questionnaire and we try to do the best possible matching. We ask people for their experience. Have they owned a pet before? If they've owned a pet, have they owned a senior pet that maybe, you know, had some sort required some sort of special medical yeah, treatment? Yeah, that's important if, to know. Exactly. They, they might have They're really, not going to
0: keep up with you at the same pace, perhaps, right? And uh, yeah. You and might need a little more attention. You might need to be home a little bit more. You never know. Yeah,
1: for sure. And sometimes people come to us and they say, I've had a diabetic cat before so I can take one of those or sometimes they say I've never had a pet so give me something really easy <laughs> so <laughs> so what we do with our fosters me. and our adopters is we try to find that ideal uh, lifestyle match you know are they home a lot um, do they have the ability to potty train a new puppy maybe they don't mm-hmm. maybe they want a, you know, a, an animal that's already house trained and we have plenty of those. So, yeah. so, so we, we do this questionnaire to identify the best possible match.
0: I also think about the, the hustle and bustle that we are all going through uh, right now. And I, it brings me back to just last night, I was at an appointment and overheard some folks talking and talking about a dog and And, and a lady is sitting across from them and said, Hey, did, did I hear you say something about wanting a dog? Because I need to get rid of my dog because I don't have time. I just don't have enough time. And I hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. I just don't have enough time. I just don't have enough time to care for this for this pet. What do you say to folks like that?
2: Well, really, you need to consider that before you get a pet. Is the ideal. I keep hearing it after the fact. Exactly. The last
0: dog that I had was because of someone who got the dog five months prior and then was like, "Oh, I just don't have time to." She's cute. I just don't. And a lot of times, this is. And I think that that's just
2: the reality. Exactly, it's the reality of life today, and it's also pandemic-related. But the economy,
0: a lot of us are picking up other jobs. We're just busy.
1: Well, that's where when we talk about this diversion program we recently launched, it's intended to be there for that situation because we what we see is a couple of sets of circumstances that contribute to owners voluntarily giving up pets. Mm. Sometimes it is something that can be resolved. Sometimes they say, you know, I can't manage this pet. I can't afford. Um, this medical intervention. Yeah. You know, we've seen cases where something happened to a cat's tail, it needs surgery, and it's just more than the owner can handle, but it's something we can handle to keep that pet in the home. I see. Um, but but we see all kinds of circumstances, too, where they say, I can't keep this pet. And yeah. so in order to prevent those pets from flooding the city pound, that's why we recently announced a diversion program, large scale, with the intent of either bringing those pets into the PAWS program mm-hmm. or other shelters programs, or finding tools to allow people to keep their pets.
0: Yeah, any other resources you you can share for owners who might be struggling right now with the costs of the vet bills and and feeding the pet? What else can they turn to?
2: Our spay neuter clinic is just an exceptional high volume, very low cost or free if people are in public assistance or living in specific zip codes that have high populations of strays. Mm-hmm. So if you can go to our website at pausechicago.org, spay and neuter is so critical because it enhances the health of every animal. And what we see is a lot of the animals that we're able to divert from coming into animal care and control, a simple spay and neuter surgery could actually keep that animal in the home. And so we just want people to be aware of the critical nature of that service and that it's available. Yeah.
0: And, and I want you to speak, Susanna, to the people thinking right now of gifting someone uh, mm. a pet for christmas, right? Going back to our conversation yeah. earlier, not thinking about some of the things they need to consider That's beforehand, right. right?
1: It's a sweet thought, but the reality of the situation is you don't want to actually put a puppy under a tree. <laughs> what you want to do is uh, we say bring the whole family to pause yes. because we want the whole family to be bought in. we don't want the, you know, the kids to meet the pet and be, be afraid of it or you know something not something that will result in the animal being returned.
2: And it also brings them into the shelter experience. It's such a great way for kids to get involved and see homeless animals, how they can
1: make a difference. It's inspiring to children. I saw the best thing Christmas Eve last year at PAWS at our adoption center. Really? Yeah, um, a family wanted to uh, adopt a a kitten with their nine-year-old son. And in the car, they blindfolded him him and put in earplugs. And when they got him into our kitten room, they took off the blindfold and the earplugs because they didn't want him to hear the meows. Oh, right. And they said, (laughs) Pick your kitten, <laughs> and he was like crying and we were you had crying. On video. I wish I did. I mean, it, every time I think about it, I tear up oh, because man. it's there is a very magical way to adopt a pet as a, as a holiday uh, gift for the whole family. I
0: know. I know the real reason you told that story because I just shared with you the fact that my daughter has been tugging at me to get a dog. <laughs> right? You're trying to you're trying to convince me blindfold her it's and bring working. her to Paws. It's working. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it there for now. That Susanna Wickham, CEO of Paws Chicago, and Alexis Faseas co-founder of Pause. Thank you both so much. Thank, Thank you. you.